Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boston Cage Podcast. On today's show, is a special episode for me because I met Justin maybe about like roughly a year ago, and I met him at a mastermind um, kind of group. And that group came way of Greg Caesar, which, you know, is, is a highly loved episode on this particular show. And in that particular day when I met Justin, you know, it was kind of like, where have these people been my entire life? And kind of hearing Justin's story and understanding like what, what, what he has achieved so far and what his goals are going to be, it was just kind of eye-opening. So then we had an opportunity to work together on, on a client project and like sim- simply the, the rest is history. So without further ado, man, Justin, the floor is yours. Hey, 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 thanks for having me. I appreciate you, you know, definitely being here, man, with the boss uncaged himself. I'm excited, man, to be here, though. Cool, cool. I look forward to it. I mean, obviously, I always deem uh, whoever I'm interviewing a, a nickname. So I'm obviously I'm going to deem you the maestro boss. And obviously, you can kind of go into why I'm calling you the <laughs> maestro boss, right? So kind of give people a little bit about like who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, 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 definitely. So my name is Justin Burns. I'm the founder of a company called Maestro. So we are a online platform that provides coaches, speakers, trainers, the ability to broadcast their brilliance to the world and sell their expertise. So we provide the technology to do that. Um, and I've been in this crazy online world um, of, of selling online uh, digital marketing for the past. Uh, it goes up every year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it used to be like eight years, nine years, and you creep up and then you're like, man, I'm becoming a dinosaur in this space. Um, but it's been about, uh, I would venture to say, yeah, 12 years that I've been in the space and uh, I love the space and it changed my entire life because I went from a uh, broke, unemployed salesperson um, to, you know, running a organization. And so it's just been a really good ride. So he, he says 12 years, like, like, like he's 60 something years old. I mean, so I'm going to bust that bubble, man. Like, how old are you? 34. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, like he started he started this entire brand in, in his in his 20s. Right. So kind of I want yeah. you to understand that, like he sounded like he's 60, but he's really only like. 30 I sound that way. <laughs> so, yeah. so if you could define yourself in three to five words, what would those three to five words be? Three to five words. So I would say. I'll, I'll tell you what people describe. I think that's better when when people are in your circle describe you, right? Yeah. So a lot of people say I'm very driven, ambitious, um, and a future thinker. You know, when I think about those things, I've always wanted to be described as those things because, you know, where I come from, which is the south side of Chicago, um, I didn't know what being driven actually looked like. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what being ambitious looked like. Um, And so one of the things I realized even, you know, about 12 years ago, when my eyes were open to this whole world of entrepreneurship is that we're like we're living, especially like a lot of people don't see it this way, but I kind of shifted my view. And that's what allowed for me to kind of kick into gear, which is like, man, this is one of the best times in history to do what you love. And some people may agree or disagree, but let me kind of tell you why I say that. 
like in this, you know, we're all, we all have challenges in life. We all go through things in life. We all have these things that happen to us. We all face fears, negativity, doubts. Um, and I had a really rough childhood, but one of the things I had to do was reprogram my thinking around where I was and kind of really reinvent um, myself every so often, always reinvent myself. So the Justin you see before you today may not be the Justin you see in a year or two, you know, because I'm always thinking that. And one of the things um, about a about a good, I would say, you know, decade ago, if you will, I was sitting in a crowd and I was just an attendee at this event. I remember the guy saying something. He's like, we are living, we are going to kind of go into this creator's economy. That means that um, that essentially the biggest growing segment of small business, and this was actually reported in the New York Times, is the creator, the person that's sitting at home, like your creator, right? Like, you know, you may not be selling courses, but you're still a creator. So like we're living in this amazing time where a person with a laptop a microphone that they get for $99 off of Amazon. Don't do like I did and buy all this equipment you don't use. But like, you can literally take a small connection, hook it up to a computer and start broadcasting what you do to the world. And when I saw that, I just knew it was going to be the future. Got it. Got it. So, I mean, I mean, that kind of opens up a lot of different directions and in, in conversational topics that, that we could talk about. Right. So and I think one of the things that recently. Right. I mean, you've been really big on your like your ads. Right. You've been putting a lot of ads out there. And it was one ad that, that I really appreciate that you dropped was being OK with being bored. And, and, and just in mm -hmm. I think it took you maybe five, 10 minutes to kind of talk about that. But if you don't mind kind of like regurgitating that for our listeners a little bit about that particular topic. Yeah, yeah, that it's so funny you bring up that video. That video was probably seen over 150,000 times on various channels. It's absolutely crazy. I didn't even know people are sharing it like crazy. Um, I didn't even know it was going to go that viral. But um, yeah, the, the, the interview on the show, shout out to my man David Shans on the Social Proof podcast show. Um, but you know, he said, What is, I think he asked me, what is the greatest thing that you think that as an entrepreneur you have to master? And I, you know, I immediately thought about like, like as, as, as people, as influencers, whatever it is, everybody has a period of boredom in their life. When you think about boredom, you think it's, you think from a, from a mental, you know, from a mental state, you think it's like this state of you sitting around not doing anything. That's not what boredom is. Boredom, you know, most people think, oh, you know, cause I saw some comments online. Oh, I never get bored. That is BS. Everybody gets bored. You could be, you get bored in your job. You get bored as an entrepreneur where you're sitting there and you're, you have to, because you have, there are certain things you have to do that are not fun. The opposite of fun and the opposite of that is boredom. Mm -hmm. And so one of the greatest things that I realized is that when you master boredom, it changes everything for you. And what that means is that if you procrastinate on any if you procrastinate on anything you have know you have to do, that's a level of boredom. That's a space of boredom that you don't want to do. That's really what procrastination is. So when you have to, when you go to a workshop or you go, you buy a course or you buy a book and the person tells you to do something and you don't do it, that is where you are perceiving in your mind that that is going to give me a level of boredom. Mm -hmm. 
And so what I realized is that I had to master boredom as an entrepreneur over the years. And so I had to read the books that I didn't feel like reading. I had to master this space. And I actually got this concept uh, from the 50th Law by Robert Greene and uh, 50 Cent, right? And that book changed my life. I've read that book probably 10 times. And I always go back to it because there's different things that my mind hasn't picked up on and I, I extract gold from it. And one of the things he talks about in the book is like just how masters go through these periods of time. He used an example in the book, um, which I can't remember his name, but there was this similar to what happened today as a pandemic, right? As a pandemic, just like today, but it was worse. It was like people were just it was just it was just absolutely worse where, um, you know, people would catch it and there was no, you know, nothing that would like they would just a lot of people. It was a lot of casualties. And so. Um, the guy who basically invented, uh, you know, modern mathematics um, in today, I just can't, I, I don't know, my brain is just uh, not, not grasping his name. Uh, but he, he went through four or five years of literally sitting in the house, not doing anything, no TV, not even going out, just studying why does gravity happen? Like, why does a tree, you know, why does an apple sit on a tree and fall from it? like these different things. And he eventually ended up uh, creating mathematics, gravity, all these different things. And so it it shows me that every master in reality, um, if you want to be the best in your industry, you have to sit there and you have to dial so deep into that subject and you have to be so obsessed with it and what's going to happen is you're doing that. You're going to get anxiety. You're going to get fear. You're going to get worried. And you have to be able to work through those things in order to break through to the next level. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes perfect sense. I mean, it kind of goes into like, you know, having the, the 10,000 hours of a particular discipline before you can consider yourself to be a pro or a master. And I, and I think that, that that's what you're talking about, essentially, with the 50 laws of power. And anybody that has not read the 50 laws of power or the 48 laws of power, obviously, th- those are two books that I would definitely recommend you got to pick up ASAP to, to Justin's point. So diving into like your business, right? So Obviously, you have 10,000 hours worth of education in your particular discipline, which is essentially course development. But you took it one step further, right? Somebody can kind of create courses. They can create academies, create membership websites. And you were like, oh, that's great. I have all that. But you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to create something that allows other people to do what I'm doing. So talk about that a little bit. Like, how how the hell did you make that jump from just creating courses into creating a course platform? Yeah, so back into this probably this idea uh, came about in, in about 2015. I had the original idea, which doesn't really seem that long ago, right? Um, yeah. About 2015, I wanted to do something bigger. I had a social media agency. I was completely burnt out in my business uh, because it can be tough working with clients one on one. Sometimes, being honest, uh, as we know, right? Um, it can be really, really tough because of missed expectations and different things like that. So I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do something where I said, I want to do something. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do at that time. I knew I wanted to do it in the internet field because I just believe so just this amazing world where you can create all this stuff, like it's going to be in the internet field. And so my last client that I ever had was getting all these crazy results and just doing some amazing things. And, um, Essentially, what happened is, is like he took me to this tech conference um, and I remember being like in the room looking around and I'm just like, there wasn't really many people that looked like me. It it was just like, 
it, it was like this this light bulb that went off for me. Hmm. And I was like, I was excited because again, I'm a creator. Like you gotta understand who you, the type of person you are. Like I'm a more of a creator. And so I could go into any field that really challenges me. And so I saw this and I saw him build this eight figure business um, in a technology space. And so I realized that I wanted to build something that people could use and make money from and change the way that they did everything. So, I mean, I definitely commend you on that because I mean, to, to your point, right? Like you saw the bigger picture, you saw a bigger vision, you saw a bigger and a larger opportunity to give back more to your community of people that, that you're trying to help. So in that process, right? Like, like startup capital. Now we always hear about equity raises. We always hear about, well, I, I'm going to do grassroots. Like, like, how did you get into that? I mean, did you kind of have like a stash? Did you do equity raises? Like, like where did the funding come from to start that your current platform? Yeah, so I bootstrap Maestro pretty much a hundred percent. You know, the great part that I when I when I came into the space, I started to go to these tech startups, and it was an interesting uh, dynamic that was happening. A lot of people were talking about the idea. They were talking about you know uh, nobody was talking about how to get customers. And I came from this world of like marketing that I had absorbed for like five years, where it's like you want to make money, put an ad out or do a podcast or do something that generate leads and then people will buy your products. Mm -hmm. And so it was very, very fascinating, but it, it allowed for me to, because I was already in the mindset of that, mm -hmm. right. Of getting customers, it allowed for me to scale. And so what happened is, is like that maestro, let's take a step back for a second. Maestro wasn't the first platform that I built. Um, this, that was my second platform. So my first platform was a product called script engage, which is a copywriting app. And so we uh, did it the grassroots way. I, I took some of the money that I had made from my agency um, that we had in our business. And I just used that money to build my first prototype of my product. Hmm. And then what I did was, is we had so many failures along the way. It was absolutely insane how many times we failed. But again, I had to master boredom. I had to understand that this was a part of the process. This was a part of the game. And so when we fail, I had to look at why we failed. I had to get out of my feelings. A lot of people get, you know, when they fail, they get caught up in their feelings. And we all do. I still do to this day. But I have to always check myself and go, OK, Justin, let's take a step back and look at the bird's eye view. Why didn't this work? Number one, what happened? What is the learning lessons from this? And what can we do to be better, more efficient in the future? And what I came up with was that, yeah, like this is something that is amazing. Um, and I just started to build upon that, build upon that. And then we had our first breakthrough. We did a bigger launch and I think we did around 4,000 sales in a span of seven days. Jesus. Um, I, I said the same thing because <laughs> it was like my first launch did like 10 customers. Mm. And then I kept reiterating, fine tuning, fine tuning, fine tuning. And then it got to a point where we did, and it was okay, let's go all the way. And we did, you know, six figures in the span of seven days. And I had never had that level of success before. And so every single time though, we build upon that, I didn't let it go to my head. I didn't go, oh man, I'm making money. Let me go buy this. I always kind of stayed living below my, my means, making sure I kept my business really lean and tight. 
and then I bootstrap Maestro. So then about two years before uh, the year before I thought about really building Maestro, a uh, a guy came up to me and was like, hey, I like your project. Is it for sale? And I was like, well, I never thought about selling it. And then he came up, he purchased the product. And then again, I didn't go to Vegas. I didn't do nothing. I did take a vacation to Mexico. I ain't gonna lie. But after that, as I came back from a vacation in Mexico, then what I did was I took that and I just was like, let's just bet it all on this and let's build this whole platform. And, you know, it, it became a success. And we, get, we did the same thing with Maestro and we're still doing it where we fine tune, we get a success and then you build products that are based around your software. And that's why I even built, you know, and you see the problems and then you build around that. Like, you know, I built Maestro. I had kind of got out of the course game for about um, a good year. I didn't build any courses, any trainings for a year. And I was fine tuning the problem. And then we were realizing that people who weren't using our platform had a big issue of not really knowing how to build a, a course. So then I started diving even deeper. I was like, well, why don't people build courses? They're easy. You could just get on a microphone and talk, whatever. What? Why was that? And I was looking at all these other course stuff and I was like, the big problem is people teach you what to do, but not how to do it. Like they teach you, they don't like the biggest thing, especially with courses, is that people, especially even content, you need a framework. That's what a system is. It's a framework. So there was no frameworks. It's like people get on and say, hey, here's a bunch of slides. We're going to teach you what to say in the damn slides. So I said, here's a bigger opportunity that can serve my customer. And then we went in and built a, a course that supports the platform and put them together. And that's how we've seen a lot of our customers have a lot of success, too. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, again, it kind of goes back to like, like your age. I mean, you, you sounded like you're 65, right? You already sold a company, <laughs> right? You already built another one. You already had an agency, but it, I mean, it kind of shows that like, like you're not just hungry. You're not just motivated, but you're, you're an executor. And I think part of the execution goes back to like your inner circles, like people that you're surrounded by, right. Definitely. On a regular basis and people that you can look up to, whether you're admiring them or being able to ask them particular questions. So with that, right. So that, that's the positive side on the negative side. Like what, issues have you had to overcome and you've hit on your multiple journeys to success? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, what issues haven't I hit? <laughs> I mean, when you think about, uh, most people think when they see somebody who has had a level of success, like Biggie said, right? More money, more problems. Um, you know, and, and, and I didn't understand that until I started making more revenue, but also building a company and, you know, I've had everything happen to me, man, like merchant accounts being shut down uh, in the middle of a launch that's successful, websites shutting down, host, hosting companies shutting down uh, the site. Um, I mean, especially running a technology company, I mean, developers leaving in the middle of a project and we got a week before we're away from launch. I mean, every single issue that you can think of, I mean, everything from you know, people see my ads everywhere, but that took years to develop to get a science to it before I've spent, you know, sometimes $10,000 and don't even see a return on investment. Now we have a strategic way where that doesn't happen anymore. So, you know, all in all, I would say, man, every damn problem that you can think of that has happened has happened to me. It's just my response to it is different. And it doesn't mean like I don't, I have a, I have a rule, right? I have a rule. 
And here's what it is. And this is when you start to do, because I always tell people as an entrepreneur, um, entrepreneurship will pull all of the skeletons out of your closet and put them directly in front of you to face, right? And the biggest thing is, you know, I have a rule, which is not to sit up here and be super strong and be like, I don't have any emotions and I'm super strong and I'm a lion. Like, no, there are times I'm not a lion, but I have a, I have a program in my mind to go, you have, depending on the issue, you have one day, one day to moat wine, get in your feelings, get it all out. Usually now it's a couple hours. I give myself a couple hours, but now it used to be, you got one day to get this all out. If something really, truly bad has happened or something crazy has happened, listen, go and watch some Netflix, get it out your system, reset, go on a walk. You got one day, but really it's a couple hours now, but back in the day, it was one day. You got one day to get this out your system and then it's back to business. And that has also helped me in a really, really big way of really dealing with conflict of let me get my mind off of the problem and come back to it if it's too overwhelming. And I think that has helped me really be able to really deal with challenges. In. And then what I do typically, even in that day, I say, okay, once I'm off of the high emotions, now it's like, let me write down what are these solutions to all these problems? Because I always tell people there's a solution to every problem. If you don't have money, if, if your business is struggling with money, then if you just look at your calendar and you look at if you're spending money on getting, if you're not doing anything to get customers, you spend one day out of the week getting customers, then it's the reason why you're not getting customers. There's always a solution to why this problem happened. And so that's the mindset that I approach. It's like, I take out my, I literally have, you know, technology has evolved. Back in the day, it was a sheet of paper. Now it's on my iPad with my pen. So now I take out my iPad and my pen and I write down, okay, here's the three things that's struggling. Um, you know, what are the three, what are the three things I need to do right now to get past this journey? And what are the things, why did this issue come up? When you do that, you put your mind into this focus of instead of just being so focused on the problems and saying, oh, I don't want to deal with that. You get to this point where your mind becomes, OK, I'm overwhelmed right now. But now you get into this reactive mode of figuring out, all right, how do we get this solved? So, I, I, you know, it's, it's funny because, like, you sound such like a philosopher. So it's like instead of saying Nietzsche says, I'm going to substitute in Maestro Boss says from now on, right? Because, like, <laughs> cause like, like that's what you, you, you've earned enough to the point to where all these philosophies are philosophies that you've lived by. And it, it, it kind of shows the proof is in the pudding, right? So going into, like, business structuring a little bit, like, how is your, you mm -hmm. have multiple different businesses. Are you an LLC, an S Corp, a C Corp? Like, how is your structure? Yeah, we're S Corp. Essentially, we we're, we are a what we're really one company. What we do is we just have what we call a value ladder. And so we're not going to do anything outside the scope of our values. Mm -hmm. So everything we do is around digital marketing and also digital uh, product creation. And so what I've had to do over the years is really focus because there's other companies that I want to do. But I tell an entrepreneur, like, if you haven't made one business successful, why in the hell are you starting three or four or five more? Like, that was just something that my successful friends taught me. And so um, 
that was one of the things I had to realize is, so if you see me promoting a product that ties to maestro, uh, essentially, like it all ties in, you know, like right now we're in the, we're in the middle of planning a live event that I hope we can come to. Uh, we're doing a, we're planning a live event in August of this year. And, you know, everything ties into maestro, everything ties into what we do as a company and benefiting course creators and business owners. So I'm not going to do anything outside of that. Does that make sense? I'm not going to, I'm going to focus on this. I literally have focused on this for years and now the business kind of take a, a form of its own, you know, it's growing. We have eight, you know, we're about to hire a couple more people. We have eight people. So I don't always have to be involved in the business if I don't want to. Right. So I think when you get to that point, then you explore other options. And I would just say, you know, outside of my passion for investing, because uh, I do have a passion for investing uh, because um, it was just, it's funny. I was just talking to somebody about this. Like I invest probably 80% of my money into various channels um, because even though I'm only 34, there was so many things, even in my twenties that I missed out on mm-hmm. um, that I just, because what you do today is I, I look at life like this, right? What you do today is you're planting a bunch of seeds, right? And those seeds grow for tomorrow. And so in my 20s, I definitely did plant a lot of seeds around building maestro and building internet and investing in that. But one of the things I made, the biggest mistake I made in my 20s was trying to hoard 10, 20, 30, 40, $50 when I could have been investing in stocks, when I could have been investing it in uh, ETFs, right? And index funds and crypto. I could have been letting my money work for me and so I said, I'm not going to make that mistake because you got to, you got to do I, I, me. Like you said, I'm a future thinker. That's the thing that people describe me as. And I always think about what is the next five years going to look like and what do I want it to look like? And so for me, I'm not married. I don't have any kids, but I'm like, when I turn 40 and when I turn 45, what is the type of life I want to live? I don't want to be sitting up here paper chasing and trying to make money. I'm going to still be doing those things, but I don't want to have to do it. I want to just be able to do it as a choice, right? And so, yeah, I want to be able to go to my kids' base, you know, baseball game and basketball game because I just want to, and I'm able to do that, and I'm not locked down by a business that's killing me, right? And so, for me, outside of that, man, it's just, yeah, investing and maestro takes up a, a big majority of my time, but they all have the same principles. Wow. Wow. Definitely, definitely insightful information. I mean, I think you and I, we had like a off bar conversation just about like investing in general. Right. So, I mean, I, I definitely commend you for you putting 80% into the market and at your age, you know, it kind of like goes to the statement about the recovery time, but you don't really have to worry about the recovery time if you're actively investing that quantity of capital into a market that you understand and you could actually grow that money, you know, and you probably have sub maestro accounts that are different than Maestro that support Maestro. Like you're saying, you're creating a live event and most people don't understand live events. That's capital that has to go into creating a live event, but that live event is then going to support Maestro. So it's feeding into the one central system. So diving into systems a little bit, like what systems do you guys currently have in place that helps you manage and juggle all the attributes of Maestro? Yeah, it's funny you say that because we just had a whole deep, uh, a 
deep uh, meeting about that today. Um, you know, systems are so important. I mean, our systems, we try not to go, you know, there's a couple of things you got to do, right? So for us, we create a lot of standard operating procedures uh, when we run into issues. We used to just create a hundred of them, but it's like, you don't need to create that many. Just the issues that you see are recurring. We create SOPs for standard operating procedures for and then we just really say, okay, what is going to be our software stack that we are going to use um, and communicate? So for example, like we keep a lot of our communication in Slack because we just be able to go back and, you know, see, oh, you said you were going to do this. Oh, you didn't? Okay, let me go back to the message that you typed out. So that keeps it simple. You know, for our, uh, for project management stuff, we use ClickUp. That's going to be like our, you know, that's how we kind of manage everything. But here's the biggest thing. Um, I always tell entrepreneurs, the first two things you need if you don't have employees is that you really have to get these two roles. One is a, a virtual assistant or a personal assistant. That changed the game for me having a personal assistant. Now I kind of switched it to a more virtual assistant. Um, you know, but that changed the game because that helps with all those little things that just nitpick and I'm telling you, like 20,000 things come your way every single day, right? And I don't want to deal with all those little things, you know, replying back to this person or this person sending me a Facebook message. Like, I don't have the time. So people go, Justin, why don't you, why don't you reply sometimes? I'm like, listen, if you only understood the demand that I have, um, you know, it's different for me, right? So I have a virtual assistant. And then the second thing that I think transformed my company was having somebody who was an operations person, somebody who just focused on making sure that when I'm not around, that they're constantly trying to make sure that things stay on task and making sure things stay on topic. Those things has really kind of improved things. So I tell entrepreneurs, like, if you are going to hire and you haven't hired people yet, get you a virtual assistant. Um, they're, they're cheap enough, but it ain't even just about being cheap. They save you so much time. And then when you really start to grow, um, get you a, um, get your operations person who can just make sure they hold you and your team accountable, especially you, you know, my accountability today, I'm like, I'm looking at my to-do list like, oh, you know, I'm going on vacation this week because I need one. I haven't had one in like over almost a year. And I was just like, all right. I got to get this webinar done. I got to do this webinar every Thursday. Every single Thursday, I do a webinar. Every, you saw my webinar. I do this every single week. I do this webinar. And my project management person has to make sure that we stay on task with everything else. Hmm. So, I mean, I think I think you brought him up, but you didn't name him by name. So, I mean, like, I know Brian, and I've, I've dealt with Brian, like, multiple times. So, I mean, like, how do you find someone like Brian? So, I mean, Brian is, like a gem in himself, right? I mean, he does so many different <laughs> things for, for your company and he's so proficient yeah. and he, he's itemized out to where like, I see him as much as I see you online now. Right, right. Yeah, he, we were just joking about this. Brian is like the face of the company. I'm just the guy who writes the checks, right? Um, but you need, but Brian is the crazy part. Brian's not even my operations guy. Brian is a guy who, so, so here's the thing, right? you have people around you right now that you're not utilizing. So Brian, interestingly enough, came to a live event uh, member con that we did two years ago about to do, we didn't do one last year, we're doing one this year. Uh, but we did member con and Brian joined one of my programs that I offered at member con. And in working with him in my mastermind, I got a chance to see the type of person that he was. 
um, I got a chance to see everything about him and I liked everything about him. And here's the thing, you know, uh, on one of the calls, I said, hey, uh, if you guys know anybody who's who's um, who's looking for work, you know, we're hiring. And Brian was like, well, I'm not looking for work, but I just love what it is that you're doing. And I would just like to um, essentially join, you know, and be a part of what you're doing. And um, at first I was just like, yeah, let's just try it. Cause I didn't have a role for him at the time. Cause what he, what his skill sets were, but eventually we just kind of morphed his role and he's been with me for the past, man, two years. Um, he ain't going nowhere. Cause I need him, Right. Um, so you just got to make sure like you get those, you build those relationships of look in your network. Like people are in your network on your customer list. You think, cause they signed up for a course on how to build whatever, that oh they don't they're not looking for work yeah they are so then when you get those people you treat them well you know that was one of the things i had to learn over the years is like you gotta work on yourself so that you can be a better leader for people and people believe in your vision they're going to go to the ends of the earth and that's just how i feel like my team is we have a solid team now it wasn't like that a couple years ago Right. We had some people who just didn't fit and you knew some of them. We, we, There's some people who didn't fit and we had to kind of move them out of the mold to build this culture of um, where people say, man, they're a good team, man. They're on top of things, man. Like that's the way people describe us now. And that's, you know, man, they have good customer support, man. Like that's what you want people like you have to create. Um, you have to create a certain uh you have to kind of set the precedence of what you're looking for when people come in and Brian embodies that a lot. And he's been taking that. And now you see him more, like you said, you see him more than you see me. So yeah, yeah. that's powerful stuff. So, I mean, we always hear the perception of someone being an overnight success. Somebody may be listening to this podcast and they may be like, okay, yeah, he's 34, but you know, this, this just happened to him in the last two, three years or whatever. But in reality, it probably took 20 years to get here. How long have you been consecutively on this journey? Yeah, so this journey started, um, you know, when I was when I was about, you know, here, here's the interesting thing: the the level of people always say, you know, Justin, you're young. How did you you've been around? You've been doing this for twelve years. How is that even possible? Well, here's the thing: is when number one, you make a decision, and how fast you move on that decision. And when I was working a job, there's no entrepreneurs in my family. Um, there's this guy who used to come into my I used to sell cell phones, right? Can you picture me selling cell phones? Probably not. But I used to sell cell phones, right? I was slinging cell phones. I had my nice little polo shirt. Uh, I had my tucked in khaki khaki pants with my brown shoes. I had to wear. I hated wearing that outfit, but I wore it every day. There's this guy who used to come in, and 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 shout out to him, my boy Brad. He used to come in. He was a customer. He would just come in sometimes just to talk to me. And he's like, every day, he, we wouldn't talk every day. He would come in at least once a week and he would talk about, he would talk about entrepreneurship. And I used to be like, man, that's not me. That's not who I am. And he'd be like, it'll be who you are if you didn't have any more cards on the table and you were faced to create your own economy. Um, I didn't understand what he meant by that. And then about six months in of him doing this every single week, of him doing this every single every single week, um, you know, it it was kind of like it, it was kind of like it started to take shape, and then I had an opportunity that came up. Everybody has an opportunity, 
you think some of the opportunities that came your way, you didn't, you didn't kind of interpret it as a scam, yeah. right? But there's always opportunity. And I took this opportunity and I got a chance. I spent three years in the trenches. A lot of people don't know this, but my business didn't make any money for almost four years. I had a couple of checks here and there, but my house was in foreclosure. I had to hide my car from the repo man for so literally for four years, I stayed committed to this grind. And then one day something just happened and I got into this program and it changed my life and it taught me skill sets. And even since then, like I tell people, like you are in the game of life and what you do every single day is what's going to determine what you get tomorrow. So for four years, I was struggling, but I didn't look at it. I'm like, I'm in one day. I, and I saw I used to always tell myself because I didn't have, I didn't know any friends. Like some of us, um, I'm always teach my students this, that you're at a couple different places. You're at the starting point. And the starting point is one of the hardest places to be hmm. because you typically are losing the old you which usually what comes with that is you're losing old people, mm -hmm. but you're still not at a point where you could connect with people that are on your level because your mind hasn't really went there where you could connect with high influences yet. So you're kind of in this like blank space, mm -hmm. right? That's the hardest space to be in because you feel alone. You're trying to get through your shit, all this other stuff. But that's the place, man, where you become powerful. That's the place where I became powerful. That's the place where I understood, like, I got to bet on me. Yeah. I got to bet on me. And I'm going to, if I bet on me, because if I realize my own potential, if I bet on me, I'm going to come out winning, no matter who wants me to lose. Yeah. So for me, that has always been a bet where I've always placed bets on myself and say, let's take this risk. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's change this. Let's go here. Let's adjust this. And it's always kind of, you know, play, play itself out. So hmm. once again, man, Maestro Boss says, um, dive it into, I mean, I'm just, I'm recapping what you just said. And it's, it's such powerful insight that you're delivering. And I'm hoping that people that listen to this episode would like stop and rewind. Like that's the beauty of having a podcast. Rewind and listen to that segmentation a couple times, much like how, Justin was presented by a coach and he didn't really understand it right away. And then he kept hearing it and he kept hearing it and he kept hearing it. And finally that damn light bulb went off and it changed. Everything is what he just did for you guys. Some of you may not even realize it yet. So going into like, what's one thing that if you can go back in time and do it all over again, what's one thing that you would want to do differently if you could do it again? What's one thing that I would, I would do differently. I would probably start off with mentors right away mm. in opposed to waiting. I think I waited way too long to get mentors, right? Um, um, I waited way too long to, to you know, and, and it's, it's great to read a book, but it's way different when you invest in yourself mm. in a program that somebody has been through the trenches, has been doing it for a long time, and they are able to navigate you through the, the rough terrain, so to yeah. speak, right? I wish I would have instantly came into the game, found you and said, hey, man, I want to start a podcast. Or, hey, man, I want to do some business system stuff. Can you just can I just pay you to show me? It would have completely shortened. I wouldn't have to listen. You would, we will be talking at 29 
And I would be like, yeah, man, I've achieved weight now. By the time I reached 34, I'd have been even more successful. So I think people wait way too long to really um, do that. The the second thing, and I think I did this pretty successful, but I wish I'd have did this a little bit more. I wish I'd invested more into my personal growth, right? Um, and I did this, but um, I wish I would have took the took more seminars, went to things like Tony Robbins events in the beginning, or um, found coaches and mentors and went to therapy. Um, you know, I wish I'd have did all that earlier, man. It would have I would have healed even more. And um, because it's just how you show up, like, you know, I found my therapist two years ago. People think therapy is looked down upon. It's not as an entrepreneur and anybody who's in life in general, we all have trauma. So I wish I'd have dealt with that in my early 20s, because in going to therapy, it has allowed for me to really explore those sides of me that I don't see. Right. And heal from that. So those are two things, man. I would invest in myself more with a mentor and gotten more coaches in the in the more personal growth space for sure. Great, great. So I think earlier on you alluded to like 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 your family history to a certain point. There's no entrepreneurs or like you know IBM investing investors in your family in the past. So like where did this come from? Like how did you get inspired in that space? Like who was the first person that you saw that was an entrepreneur? And that light bulb went off and you was like, look, I want to become like that person. My friend Brad, the one I was telling you about who mm. used to come into the grad. So he, what happened is, is like, I had got fired from my job mm-hmm. at that, at that, at that time. They laid, they laid everybody off. And what happened is, is that um, I got fired from my job and I was just trying to figure things out. And what happened is, as I called up my boy, Brad, I was like, he, he was an internet entrepreneur at the time. You know, at the time you had eBay entrepreneurs. He was doing all this stuff online, selling on eBay, all this stuff. And I was like, man, they just fired me, but I'm going to try to look for something else. And he was mm-hmm. like, um, man, I've been coming into your workplace for the past four months. You still want to work for somebody else? And I was like, bro, like, I'm not cut from that cloth. Like, I don't know. And he said something on the the phone that changed my life. He said, you only cut from the cloth that you create. Mm. Right. He said, every everything that you have been taught up until this point has been given to you. Mm. But now if you just he said, "I, I have conversations with you, man, you're way different. Like you're way different. And I'd say nothing wrong working a job to talk about in terms of like thinking about the future. Right. And I was like, well, what do you suggest? And I don't know why I answered that question. I was like, what do you suggest? He was like, man, come to this seminar. We're doing this seminar and we're teaching people about social media um, and selling online. And I was like, all right. And I called my mom and me and my mom have a really close relationship. I tell her everything even to this day. Um, and uh, shout out to mom. She was a great supporter. But we, I was like, I'm going to this event. She's like, an event? What is that? This is, what is it, like a work event? And I was like, no, it's this event. They're teaching stuff. And she goes, be careful. That's what always happens. Be careful. Um, you know, don't get scammed. And so I went to the uh, I went to the group or whatever, went to the seminar, and my eyes were just like this. My guy was like, your eyes did not. You, I, I didn't even know if you freaking blinked in that whole event. <laughs> Because what he was saying was just like, it was so simple, but it was like, wait a minute, I could sell my products. If I create a product, I could sell to somebody in the UK and I'm asleep and they buy my product. Like, wait, what? Yes, sir. Wait a second. 
somebody on a whole nother part of the country, I can wake up to, you know, sales in the morning. Like, what? Like, it, it just completely blew my mind. And so for me, I think that there was a crossroad of making this decision. The next day, I had got called back from this company, and the company had basically offered me a $35,000 position. And, um, and then Brad had called me up and was like, yo, we're starting a social media company. I like, you know, I like the person you are, man. You got really good communication skills. You should um, come out to Cali. I can't pay you a lot right now, but we could get you started with a little money. And so I call that the destiny moment. Here I could get this comfort right here or here. There's not any, you know, there's not any, um, excuse me, there's not any level of comfort. So I don't know in that moment, I called my mom and asked her, I was like, oh my God, that was wrong. Of course, my mom was like, you have to get a job. You have to choose that. And something inside of me on the gut level was like, no, like, you have to risk it all if you want to make changes and do something different. And in that moment, that's what I decided to do. And, wow. it, and it, was, wow. it was the best decision uh, that I made. It's the best so. decision, and it's, and it's definitely a powerful decision. I mean, to your point that you made earlier about opportunities are knocking all the time, right? And a lot of times you kind of hear, oh, it's a, it's a Ponzi scheme or it's this kind of scheme. But in every opportunity that you accept to at least show up at least one time, I guarantee you, you're going to learn and take away something, even though you don't sign up, even though you don't make a purchase, even though that you don't become a conversion form. But just being in that room and being in that environment can change your life down the road. So I definitely commend you for stepping into that space. Because if you didn't step into that space, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation right now. That's we real. Wouldn't. We wouldn't. And that's that's the thing that people don't understand is like every decision that you make today. It impacts the next day, it impacts a year from now. And we get so emotional about things and it's okay to be emotional about things, but I think we get so caught up in, you know, I don't have the money today or it doesn't look the way I want it to. And that's something for you to mold and create. And so now 10 years, almost 10 years later, one of the things that just has been so crazy in my life is that I now have this life that I've created. Like I've created it. it doesn't mean I don't have challenges. It means that because of the decision I made 12 years ago, I get to live this life the way that I want to today. Right. The nights that I stayed up and I still do this till this day. Um, my best friend this morning on the phone. Um, she was like, I was like, yeah, I'm uh, studying because uh, I've been obsessed. Right. I, she's like, that's, that's what she said. She said, I was like, I'm studying this, uh, this whole crypto and uh, investment game. And she's like, bro, if I know you, you are not studying, you are obsessing. Mm -hmm. Like you are probably going through so many videos, reading so many books. And then I looked at, I was like, yeah, you're right. I probably was doing that about four hours yesterday. <laughs> like literally spent four hours just going through YouTube videos, reading books, ordering books on Amazon, buying courses. I still do this to this day because now I'm thinking about, okay, you've created the life you wanted now, but when you're 40, what does that look like? When you're 45, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. So I still have to master, going back to the point of master border, I still have to master border myself. You think I want to sit up here and look at charts and understand how this works and um, 
sometimes I'm, I even reach a certain field where I'm up here like, then what the hell is this person talking about? I don't even know what this person's talking about. But after a while, I start programming my brain where I go now, oh, I get it. Now it makes sense now. Because you just have to have that. You have to have that investment of knowledge in yourself. Wow. Wow. So kind of going into like, it seems like you're very linear with your, your strategies, but you're open-minded to expansion. So mm-hmm. on your day-to-day, right, what does your morning habits, your morning routines look like? My morning habits. So typically, you know, I have like a couple things I do that set the day. So when I wake up in the morning, um, I typically, you know, I, I try not to jump on my phone because that is the, you know, we all do that. Uncom- we're programmed to do that. Where person you check in is Facebook or Instagram or email. Right. So I've really have what I've done now is every single day I've cut my phone onto silent just to wake up in the morning and I glance at my phone. But what I do is as soon as I turn, turn around in my bed and I literally just lay my feet on it and just be grateful to God, man, just be grateful that I woke up. Um, and then what I do is I grab my journal. I actually have it right here. So, you know, it's real. And this is my best friend. Cause I always journal like in the morning, I, I journal three or four things I'm grateful for, mm-hmm. you know, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for just everything, you know, and I write that down. Then I write down what are the three biggest things aside from my freaking 50 thing to do list. And over the weekend, my team empowered on 10 more things on top of my to do list. What are the three most important things that I need to get done to make this day an impactful day? When you ask yourself that question, it changes everything, because even though you got a million things in your to do list, you need to get those three things done in order to have a level of success. Right. Um, And then I actually have this whole workbook that's like five pages long that I review. I have a whole process there. So it's like a who do Justin wants to become in the area of health, wealth, um, you know, and I literally say these things and I have my vision board in there and I literally review this. And I've also recorded the audio. I know this is a whole lot, but I recorded the audio and I listen to it every day because I program me. I don't let anybody else program me. And I'm still getting over the programming from generations and decades and my whole life. So I have to make sure I'm consistent with that. And then I've incorporated this new thing of working out, um, you know, working out every single day uh, with some weight training. And then I start the day, you know, I start the day and I never start my morning, no meetings until the afternoon, unless it's a team meeting that's twice a week. So that's like my morning, that's my morning ritual. I mean, to, to your point to what your best friend said, I mean, obviously, whatever you're going to do, you're going to be obsessed with it. And that's part of being a successful person. If you're not obsessed with your goals and your orientations of where you are to where you want to be, then you lose the insight and the foresight to stay on that path. So the fact that you're obsessed with your morning routines as well, it only makes perfect sense for you to be who you are currently right now. So in that obsession, right? I mean, obviously, I think you're a big learner, right? You absorb a lot of information. So because of that, in this podcast, it gave me the opportunity to create a book club. So I always ask individuals like yourself, like what books in three part question. First part is what books helped you to get to where you are? What books are you currently reading right now? And have you written any books yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. So the books, again, I, I said one, 50th Law. 
that one changed my life. The 50th law. Um, I didn't, I haven't really read the 48 laws of power. I got to read that, but the 50th law has completely changed my whole paradigm. Um, and the way I think, um, some of the other books, I mean, I've read a, a couple other books. Um, I would say the, the book that I'm reading right now is a book. I think it's by Don Miguel. Um, it's called the mastery of love, right? Um, the mastery of love. That's not because that's a switch up because I'm so used to reading marketing and business books that now I'm trying to shift that to how do I show up in my relationships now? You know, I don't want to just be all business. I want to be able to uh, my future relationships and, you know, my friendships, like how do I show up in a more loving and supportive way? So I'm reading that book. It completely talks about, you know, a lot of things about love and, and just, what love is and what how fear shows up and messes up relationships and stuff like that so that's one of the books i'm reading now and then um yeah i'm actually i'm actually the author of a book called the expert code um you can get it at the expertcode.com but um that's you know that's a that's a book all about how to take your expertise and turn it into a um a profitable online business so yeah Nice. Yeah, I definitely appreciate you sharing. And I think with the love thing, I think it just kind of goes into being a well-rounded business owner, right? To understanding how to love yourself and love other people and love the people in your inner circles. That way you're giving more than you're taking and you're getting that balance. So I definitely commend you to take that journey and be even more fruitful than you currently are right now. Um, so this, this say 20 years from now, where do you see yourself? 20 years, I'll be 54. <laughs> uh you know, I see myself, man, really enjoying the fruits of my labor. You know, mm -hmm. everything that I've sold, I've reaped. You know, my investments are there. I'm super wealthy, um, you know, but I'm spreading that wealth instead mm -hmm. of me thinking about, oh, Justin is driving a nice car or mm -hmm. that's like that's limiting. You know, that's mm -hmm. something that's accessible to us that our parents and other people couldn't have. You know, if you want to drive a Rolls Royce or a Lamborghini or whatever you want or a Range Rover, you have the choice to do that. Right. So that's I think that's limited in thinking like all of that is going to be there. But I would say, man, I'm looking at, you know, my children and who knows, maybe grandchildren. I'd probably not. But, you know, um, but looking at my children, man, and just seeing them and helping them in their journey in life and and um you know, I value family. I'm really close with my family. So I think, man, it will fill my heart to just really have a great family and, and be able to spend as much time with them as humanly possible. That is what will be successful. And I'm going to be deeper in the investment world because, like I said, I'm really passionate about uh, investing. And and because I think that when you understand how to make your money work for itself, mm -hmm. you know, that's where the that's where you achieve financial freedom because like this morning i woke up and i checked a few of my investment accounts i'm like oh we made some money like i didn't have to do anything because i invested right and i'm now i'm even like getting more obsessed with making more money in business so i can say how can we direct that into accounts that pay for itself right where i look up in a decade and I'm living off of dividend income and I'm also taking care of my mother, my family, and I'm not worried about money. So that's kind of what I see in, in the next 20 years.
Yeah, yeah, great. And it, it just kind of goes back to, I think I brought up earlier just about your inner circle. So just to kind of give some people a little insight of, of this man's inner circle, right? You guys remember the episode with Ty Cohen. And, and in Ty Cohen's episode, you know, we was talking about like the Kindle cash flow. We was talking about like equity of having online real estate. And then also he has physical real estate, which leads me to like Lenny the boss, which is also in your circle as well. And Lenny is a big real estate person, real estate investment, right? And then we have Greg Caesar, which is also in your circle. And Greg Caesar is more so of like the digital content about buying companies that are already existing and, and getting a jump start before having to start from scratch. So imagine like, like Justin is who he is, not only because he has the, the, the diversification and the drive, but people I just listed off are all major bosses in themselves, but they're all within this one circle of individuals that are always constantly promoting and helping each other grow and expand. I mean, would you consider yeah. that? Oh man, that's, that's a, that's a big portion of it, man. Like you can't do this all yourself. Yeah. Um, there's you, the, the part where you have to do it, the part that you invest more so comes from the drive to do it. And then what happens is, is you start to like, I didn't build my network overnight, right? Like my net, these are people that I've always, these are people I purchased their products. These are people that I still purchase their products because I realize the value of who they are. I'm not, just because we're friends, don't give me free access to your program. If I know that you're legit and I know you're real, you know, I just pay one of my friends to consult for two hours, you know, and he's a guy I talk to on a regular basis. So you have to be able to see the value of yourself and other people. Because when people see, this is what I realize has been the big relationship currency for me, right? Is people seeing you doing the same thing and showing up in the same ways years from now. That's how people who are at a higher level says, man, this person is in this, this person is still in this area, but this person continues to reinvent themselves but they're not going anywhere. Like some people who I've been around, they've went on to other businesses, which is great, but I've stayed consistent. So I want you to see me as the digital marketing, the digital product creation guy that I'm going to teach you how to create a freaking amazing course at the end of the day. And so my circle, and even, even in your struggles, you have a circle where people have been where you've been and so calling them, you know, um, I think I went through a challenge um, about two years ago, really bad challenge. And, you know, I was like, like for about two days, I was staying in this bubble. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Got built all these amazing relationships, reach out to them. And I reached out to one of my friends. I called him first. And he's like, man, I went through that about a year ago. Let me tell you how I overcame it. And literally in about a week, I fixed that whole situation. Hmm. So it is so important that you keep, and you have to also invest in relationships. This is something I'm learning even more today. You have to be able to invest in that. You have to be able to be like, hey, what event are you going to? Where are you going to be at? Hmm. How can I invest in you? Let me refer some clients to you. Let me push some clients to you. Like you have to be able to do those things in order to keep, you know, having great relationships with people for sure. Yeah. And I think that goes for like micro to macro. I mean, you're thinking about on a large scale, but even on the micro scale, I think like last year sometime, like when COVID hit, you had an opportunity to reach out to like Ron Douglas about like Clippers, which was like a, a totally different thing. But 
Being that you have you access. remember that, man. Jesus. Yeah, I, I remember a lot. I remember you don't forget, you don't forget anything. <laughs> that's crazy. That, yeah, was so, a, that was a year ago, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, like, even having access to that, but, you know, Ron is a whole other monster by himself. You know I mean? He, he's a New York Times top seller, but you wouldn't think to reach out to Ron to, to, to borrow or to, to, to buy clippers from, but having access to that brotherhood makes a, a hell of a difference. To, like yeah. you said, somebody's been in your yeah. shoes before makes a great difference. So going into, like, like my next question, like, uh, there's obviously a million tools, and you're a tool creator. Like, what software, and I think you alluded to some of, like, your productivity software earlier, but what tools that you would not be able to do what you do right now without access to these tools? Yeah. So some of the tools that I really love, um, I would say it categorizes personal tools and business tools. So personal tools, you know, I got to have my Gmail, you know, that's just, I live and breathe uh, Gmail. Um, you know, you, I, I have this program called Things, um, and that's because I'm on a Mac. I think it only comes on a Mac. I think it is. Um, but it's called Things. And Things is like, I can't even navigate without Things because Things has a whole concept of like inbox, um, you know, putting, because you have to have an inbox because so much gets thrown at us. You can't just put on a piece of paper or you'll forget. So I have to kind of clock things. That's one of the things, you know, and we use a million tools, man. We'll be on here all day talking about those tools for our business. But uh, ClickUp is how, you know, Slack. I mean, I use Slack every single freaking day, um, you know, and I would say that's kind of like, you know, I talked about ClickUp. Um, you know, we use some other uh, tools like uh, I'm trying to think, man, so many different tools that we use. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 kind of the core. I usually just try to keep things simple, man. Try to keep things as simple as possible. And I have 50 million tools because that will run your life. Uh, but yeah, that's the tools I use. Nice. Nice. So just to talk about like final words of wisdom, now, obviously, like you're pretending to be a 65 year old, but you still have the millennium blood running through you. Right. So right. On, 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 on the coin of just say I'm somewhere in the middle, let's say I'm 45 years old. I'm mm -hmm. listening to this podcast. You're hell of motivational. I'm completely inspired by you. I'm like, burn down the man. I want to step into the market on my own. Going back to when that moment, when that guy kept coming to you and telling you about step into the market, step into the market, what words of wisdom would you give to an individual that's listening and you could tell them to step out on their own, what would you tell them? Yeah, I mean, like, do it. I mean, I know that's this cliche, but like, do it today. Like, I have, like, meaning like, like, do whatever it takes. Like, like every single day, like, like me, like invest. I, I, I went back to the example of investing. Investing is a new area for me. I mean, I know how to invest, but I'm talking about really understanding the art of, you know, different things like trading and crypto and all these things to invest my money. I've had to be obsessed. You have to be obsessed. When you are obsessed, it doesn't matter what's thrown your way. You're going to get through it. You have to create that plan and you have to have that vision that everybody sees. But that starts with you. You have to start with you and you have to believe in you. And that takes some time for a lot of people. So start today. Start programming yourself to be that way. Like this Justin was not Justin 10 years ago. A decade ago, I was this little weakling. Like everything that came, oh, my God, life is horrible. Like that was... I sound, I sound I like Kevin Hart. I can't even see Harper. that shit. I can't even see I was that. Like, <laughs> that was, I sound like Kevin Hart for a second. But like, 
Like, no, that was me. Like every challenge that came up was like, oh man, no, I can't do that. Oh my God. And I would go on a box and hide for a whole week and then come out and hoping that it was fixed. Hmm. And here's the thing. It takes time for your brain to realize this person is not like this person um, is, is serious. Right. And that takes time. And then it gets to a point where you are serious and you push yourself, but you got to start with a plan. And so every, th- every time I approach something, I come out with a plan and I say, we are going to execute a hundred percent, right? Like you see my ads everywhere. You see um, my ads are everywhere, right? And people always see that. That's because I had to, I had to go through a couple of people to get to that, but I had to have an execution plan in place, right? So whatever you're thinking about doing, get off the, I call it the thinking fence. Get off the damn thinking fence. I have a childhood. I'll tell you this as we wrap up. I have a childhood friend and uh, we've been, he's been my road dog since uh, I was in high school, man. Like one of my old friends, we talk like, we don't talk every day. Like we used to talk like every couple months though. And as much as I love him, as much as I love him, when I started this journey almost a decade ago, I put him on and told him everything that I was doing. He didn't even have to like go through the school of hard knocks. Literally, I told him, here's the blueprint. Here's a game plan. Here's how you create digital wealth online. Here's how you invest your money. Here's how you go to this. And every single year, and he's my boy. He's a smart guy. But every single year, he calls me and goes, he says the same thing. He asks this one question, which always shows me where he's at. Hey, Justin, where would you start? And I mean, that's the same damn question he's been asking me for 10 years. Because what happens is, is, and I told him this the other day in love, I said, man, you got to get off of the damn thinking fence because you're thinking too much and you've been overthinking. Now you're in the overthinking phase. Get off the damn fence, make some stuff happen, fail, and then readjust to success. That's the formula. You fail, you readjust. So get off the thinking fence, make it happen, and make your dreams come true is what I say. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, with that, I mean, how could people find you online? I mean, obviously you have the Maestro platform and what's your social media profiles? Yeah. So you can reach me on Instagram, CEO Justin Burns. That is my Instagram. You can follow me there. And then on Facebook, it is uh, Justin Burns, J-U-S-T-I-N-B-U-R-N-S. Uh, you can just follow me there as well. You can you can hit me up and um, I also have a personal site called justinburns.net um, where, that you can hit up because the brother that owns justinburns.com will only wants to sell it to me if I pay him $2 million. So I had to get justinburns.net. <laughs> so put him on blast. <laughs> Justin, yeah, put him on blast. Justinburns.com. Come up off that domain, man. Um, but yeah, justinburns.net. And uh, mostly I respond a lot to Instagram messages as well. So, Gotcha. But you're, you're pretty big on Clubhouse as well, too, right? Uh, I haven't been on Clubhouse in about a month, man. Interestingly oh, okay. enough. Listen, I like Clubhouse, but I think, you know, a guy wrote a post the other day, one of my friends who was on Clubhouse, too, and I built it up a big audience. I think I'm at like 15,000, something. I forgot. I've been on it in a while. Um and, and in the beginning, I was going hard on Clubhouse, like really hard. I was on there every day. People were adding me to their stages. It was just really easy. But um, 
I realized that sometimes you have to protect your currency and your mental currency. And it's cool to go on there once in a while and host workshops or being on there every day and giving away something that you've put time, effort, and energy into is just not something I want to do. I like helping people, but you have to protect your currency. And then two, um, I'm, I want to really wait until they develop out a system that allows for their creators to benefit. Because right now, as it stands, in order for somebody to message you or buy products or anything like that, you have to redirect them to Instagram. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm doing all this work just to kind of build Instagram. I don't want to be sitting up there answering messages all day. So I kind of took a break from it, but I still do believe in the concept of Clubhouse. I think they think they just got like uh, some more money. So hopefully they build it out and, uh, you know, keep developing the tools. So nice, nice. So going to like a bonus question for you. If you could spend 24 hours with anyone, dead or alive, uninterrupted 24 hours, who would it be and why? Hmm, that's a good question. So I think it'd be two people. Um, can I do two people? Sure. Show's yours, man. So I would say, let me see what this, um, the first one is, I would say is Elon Musk, right? Like, he's like a robot that's not from this planet, right? Um, I mean, he's just a great entrepreneur. He he literally, in the face of all adversity, built an electric car company. He continues to do all this stuff that just is just fascinating. There's not really many human beings that will come after him or before him. So I think he's just great. And I love Tesla, man. I'm a te- I am a Tesla super boy. I love Tesla. So um, I would love to do that. And then another guy is a, a dude by the name of Robert Smith. You may have not heard of him, but he is the, uh, I think he's like the number one wealthiest black person in America. Um, And uh, he did it all through uh, technology investments, starting a venture capital firm, which is something I'm also passionate about as well. If I can sit down with those two people, my life will be a lot more amazing because those are just people who have achieved a lot of great things in life. Great, great. So going into closing, man, like like my signature thing is that, you know, obviously on this journey of this podcast, we talked about a lot of different things. If any questions that may have come up that you want to ask me, this is the time and the microphone is yours. No, nah, man. I mean, just keep doing what you're doing. I would say, man, what is your, you know, what is your, like when you do these podcasts and you're oh. building your brand, what's like your vision? So my vision, and I keep it very simple, right? I look at it as it's two sides of a coin or like a balancing act, right? On one side is to give motivation and inspiration and steps on how to create businesses that turn into wealth for entrepreneurs, small business owners. And that's on one hand. On the other hand, it's more so for me, kind of like when I had my stroke back in 2018 and I kind of recovered from that, it was like, okay, what is my legacy going to be? What am I going to be able to leave behind? How is it going to be an evergreen legacy? That way, if my kids decide to use the wealth that I leave for them, or I I can leave the informational wealth that they can then utilize to kind of grow their businesses and their strategies once I'm dead and gone. That's good. That's good, man. Yeah, just keep keep pumping, keep creating content, keep putting everything out there. And uh, I think things will be different for you as well, man. So I'm excited for your growth and, uh, you know, yeah, man, keep, keep, uh, keep it moving. Yeah. I definitely appreciate it, man. Again, I appreciate you coming on the show and taking time out your busy schedule to be on here. I mean, you definitely dropped a lot of information that again, I think people would have to listen to this podcast more than one time to actually take the executable items that you've delivered. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if I can um, give your audience a, a valuable thing to 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 kind of get, um, you know, my book. I'm actually promoting my book even more right now, which is uh, the Expert Code. Um, tapping into digital, I call it digital real estate, like all these things you guys see. So if you want a free copy of that, just go to theexpertcode.com. Um, theexpertcode.com. We'll probably have it in the show notes below. Uh, the expert code and, you know, just pay for shipping and you get a free copy of the book. Yeah, definitely. I look forward to, to hearing some feedback once people get their hands on it. I mean, again, he's, he's, he's not just talking it, he's lived it, man. So again, I appreciate you coming on the show. S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss and Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, become an uncaged trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.